Speak to us now, Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today. This is why we've come, dear Lord. We are ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but your word, God, will forever last. We are ready for your word. Father, we pray that you'll bless our time in your word, that everything that you do and everything that you say will be pleasing in your sight and will bring glory and honor to you. We ask your blessings now in the name of your son. Amen. What company, what business gives the best customer service? I mean, gives you service that when you leave, you feel like, wow, I don't even want to leave. Like just, you've been absolutely blown away. Um, I was at a banquet speaking in Galveston and I was so impressed and so blown away by the wait staff. I mean, they, they acted like they loved their jobs. I don't know if they did or not, but they soon fooled me, right? I mean, they were smiling. Would you like some more water? Yes, sir, no problem. Is there anything else you need? No, sir, we don't have, well, let me see. Let me get that for you, sir. And I mean, they just, I mean, they were like on it. I was like, wow, y'all make me want to spend a night in a hotel. Like, I just, just so blown away by it, right? There are businesses that you go to, there are places that you go where the customer service is just off the chain. Um, one of those places for me is Bucky's, right? Um, I, 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 y'all hate me if you want, but I, I like me some Bucky's, right? I'm trying to figure out how I can get me a franchise. I mean, man, look here. Bucky's number one, you know when you go in there, you're going to find a clean what? Man, them bathrooms are going to be clean. There's nobody sitting around. Everybody got a smile on their face. They working, they hustling. You're going to get your money's worth. Even the stuff that you're going to buy that you know you're going to pay a little extra for, it's worth it. I mean, you can make a trip to Bucky's and please don't have more than a few minutes to go there. Man, you walk around and you find some great stuff up in Bucky's, right? I've never had to wait in line behind more than one or two people. I mean, they keep them cashiers open and they're calling, speaking to you when you walk in. Hi, welcome to Bucky's. You're like, man, act like you know me up in here. I'll tell you another place, Chick-fil-A. Man, Chick-fil-A. Listen, their customer service is so off the chain. I don't know if you've noticed, most of their commercials now don't even talk about the food. They talk about the experience, right? They talk about how they went above and beyond uh, the single mom who was trying to get her children there to eat and she would go there regularly and this time she got there a little late and the manager left the store open and made sure that they got a chance to get something to eat. Or the deaf person who walked in and he would write his order on a piece of paper and one of the workers there learned sign language so when he came in, he could take his order and communicate with him using sign language. I mean, just above and beyond, right? Uh, locally, Mattress Mac is one of those people, Gallery Furniture. Oh, man, listen, if you, don't, if you don't go to Gallery Furniture, you need to just walk in just for the experience. I mean, you walk in there to buy furniture, they give you food, they give you candy, they got daycare, right? 
I mean, they got all kinds of stuff, trampolines, they got merry-go-round. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff in there, and I haven't even bought anything. I got a text from them one day when, when the Astros uh, were uh, winning and not cheating. I got a text from them, and no, I, I love my Astros. I'm, I'm staying with them. But I got, I got a text from them saying, come, because I had bought some furniture from them, and they said, come and get your free Astros hat. And I was like, wow. So I just walked in, and I'm getting ready to show him the text that they told me to come. I walk in the store. I said, hey, how you doing? I came to get my Astros hat. and said, here you are, sir. And I was like, I could have been lying. Like, I, I want to show him I was a customer. He's like, no, 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 here you go. Thank you for coming. Thank you for shopping at Gallery Furniture. And I was like, Wow. Those companies that go above and beyond, man, they are memorable because they stick out because everybody doesn't do business that way, right? I've gone to some restaurants where they act like you're doing them a favor to come. No, like, like they doing you a favor letting you come. You know, that, what? A napkin? All right. Hmm. Salt, too? I guess you want some ketchup with them french fries, huh? You know what I mean? He'll be like, wow, can I get some love here, right? Here's, here's my point. All of us love it when somebody gives us even more than we can ask for. But why is it that we are so committed to giving as little as we have to to get as much as we want? Oh, come on, we always looking for a hookup. We always look at, hey, man, come on, hook a brother up. Look out for me, man. Can you cut me a deal, man? Right? We always looking for somebody to do something for us more than we're willing to do for somebody else. And the tragedy is we bring that attitude over in our relationship with God. Yeah, we, we want to get over on the cheap, right? We, we don't want to have to give. We, listen, no, you're the person that when a group goes to eat, you wait for everybody else to put their money in and make sure they cover most of your stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're the person that says, oh, let me put another $3 in there. And like, wait a minute, hold on, you ain't put the first 10 in there. Act like you're doing us a favor with that three, Right? Or you the one that when it's five people and they say, okay, the bill is $25, uh, let's just split it, $5 a piece. But I didn't have anything to drink. I just had water. We, we don't want to give any more than we have to, and we bring that relationship and that mentality in with God. Today, I want to challenge you on what it means to give God your very best. Not just on Sunday, but every day. Not just in church, but everywhere. Help you to understand the best that you have should be given, not just in your marriage, not just in your family, but on your job and with God. Today I want to use a business term in this title of the message. And when I get through with this message, I'm hoping that it's going to make more sense to you. I want to talk to you about how to exchange in abundance with God. How to exchange in abundance with God. 
If you have your outlines, would you say amen? If you need an outline, raise your hand. And those of you who are smartphone savvy, if you go to our app, download the I Am Hope app, and you will find the outline there, and you can fill in the blank on your smartphone or tablet device. Four things I want you to see today that if you will allow them to, will change your life, not just in terms of your relationship or your walk with God, but will change your life in every area and aspect of your living. Here's the first thing. Number one, you must make sure you do not practice criminal exchange with God. You must make sure you do not practice criminal exchange with God. There are four exchange conditions that are talked about by most business people. Three of them are pretty common. The fourth is uncommon. And the first of those, starting from worst to best, is criminal exchange. Our text today focuses on the prodigal son. Very familiar story. I don't have time to deal with it in detail, but you have the scripture in front of you. Now, let me define criminal exchange before we go further. Uh, criminal exchange is when a group takes in money but does not deliver anything in exchange. It's considered a ripoff. It's the condition of exchange that robbers and criminal elements engage in. I'm going to take from you but I'm not giving anything to you. Now, one of the examples of criminal exchange in the Bible is the prodigal. This prodigal, the youngest of two sons, has a father. And he decides that he's ready to leave home. But he not only decides he wants to leave home, he goes to his father and says, I want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait till you die to get my money. Now, what's interesting is that's a misspeaking because the money he was asking for wasn't really his. <coughs> it belonged to his daddy. But there was a tradition that said, if you wanted to get an inheritance early, the younger was entitled to one-third, the older was entitled to two-thirds. And he could make a request. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have gotten nothing if that made, made that request of my father. <laughs> Can you imagine going to your daddy talking about, uh, I want to leave house now. I'd like my inheritance <laughs> before I leave. <laughs> like, have you lost your mind? <laughs> what little of your sense that you have. And the father gives him his inheritance. And the Bible says he leaves and goes out and participates in riotous living. He says two things to the father. He says, one, give me my inheritance. And then secondly, he says, give me my independence. Because I'm grown. I'm ready to go. And my brothers and my sisters, listen to me very carefully. This prodigal engaged in criminal exchange. Why? Because he took and wasn't willing to give. 
he took and did not give. Listen to me carefully. We engage in criminal exchange with God when we take the blessings of God and give little, if anything, back in return. See, there's somebody in here right now. You think you have done God a favor because you got up this morning and came to church and because you blessed God with your presence. How dare the pastor expect me to give anything else? Why should I have to give my time? Why should I have to volunteer? Why should I have to give in the offering? After all, I have blessed you and graced you with my presence. And I want you to know you are in the middle of criminal exchange. Because with all of the blessings that God has given to you, the danger seen and unseen that God has kept you through, for you to not feel any responsibility to give back to God is something that indicates you are in criminal exchange. I want you to watch what the text says. Go back up, if you will, when you look at that text to verse 17. The Bible says, but when he came to himself, when he came to himself, and I want you to know that when you are in criminal exchange, you are not your best self. When you are in criminal exchange in any relationship, you are not at your best self. Somebody in here, you are in criminal exchange on your job. You know what criminal exchange looks like? I can punch in and leave and punch out and get paid and never do any work. Or maybe you punch in, sit there for eight hours and do no work and then get mad because you bored and then want to have the nerve to ask for a raise. That's criminal exchange. Criminal exchange. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that do what? Plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. That is the resume of criminal exchange. Because criminal exchange is all about you and nothing for anybody else. Here's the second thing. When we talk about exchanging in abundance with God, number two, you must make sure you do not practice partial exchange with God. Make sure you do not practice partial exchange with God. Partial exchange literally means and refers to a group or person who takes orders or money for goods and then delivers part of it or a corrupted version of it. And instead of making it right, you believe it's satisfactory. 
you have confused effort with excellence. So you think just because you made an effort, that should excuse whatever you produced. That's partial exchange. Genesis chapter 4 gives us a picture of what partial exchange looks like in the Bible. There's a man by the name of Cain and a man by the name of Abel. They are the sons of Adam and Eve. And the Bible says it is time for them to worship the Lord for themselves. Cain brings his sacrifice. Abel brings his sacrifice. Cain obviously was a farmer. He brings him produce from the land. Abel takes care of the flock. He brings him a sacrifice. It's interesting because the Bible says that Abel brought to God his first fruit, his first ling, his first sacrifice, and it doesn't give that attribute to the sacrifice of Cain. But here's what's interesting. God looks at the sacrifice. He rejects the sacrifice of Cain and applauds the sacrifice of Abel. And he not only rejects the sacrifice of Cain, but he rejects the person of Cain. He not only applauds the sacrifice of Abel, but he applauds the person of Abel. Somebody said, why would he go beyond the person, uh, beyond the sacrifice or the possession that they presented and condemn the person and applaud the person? It's because what you give reflects who you are. And God said, when you give me your best, you are showing me your best. And when you give me less than your best, you are showing me less than yourself. So why would I applaud you when you give me partial exchange? Cain brings his sacrifice. God is not pleased. Abel brings his sacrifice. God is pleased. And instead of Cain looking in the mirror at himself saying, what do I need to up my game? What do I need to do to up my offering? He gets mad at Abel for making him look bad. When in actuality, he made himself look bad. And the Bible says, Cain killed Abel. My brothers and my sisters, this is the epitome of partial exchange. I'm going to give what I want to give and expect you to accept it until I make up in my mind that I'm going to do better. So I was consulting for an organization. This was right after I graduated from seminary. Um, one of their leaders asked me to evaluate their curriculum, and so I evaluated their curriculum, and I was very straightforward and uh, didn't pull any punches. And they invited me up to their headquarters to meet with their executive leadership. And so when I get up there, I meet with several of their executive team members, and then I had a meeting with the black team members, right? This was a curriculum that was written for African-American people, and it was being sold to African-American people, and the company was wondering why African-American churches were not buying this curriculum. They talked about it being theologically sound and the effort that was put into it, and et cetera, and they wanted to know black, why black people weren't right, right, buying this curriculum. And so I gave them an evaluation, and so 
they brought me up there and, and I had two sets of meetings. I had meetings with like all of the leadership, including the white leadership, and then I had meetings with the black people, right? And so all of the leadership, they were looking, they were like, so who did you talk to in our organization? And so the lady who told me to evaluate it, she said, nobody. He told me that three months ago when I saw him at this conference. And he said, he did. I said, yeah. And he was like, well, who do you know that works here? I don't know anybody that works here. Never been here before. So then, of course, when I meet with our folk, they said, who told you all that stuff? I said, nobody. Why? He said, because that's the same thing we've been complaining about. They think you, we told you. And I was like, but I don't know any of you. <laughs> Never talked to you. Right? And it was some real simple stuff. Like they took the white curriculum and then they just put more ink on it and tried to play like they were black. Right? And so it's like you had a dark, tan, blonde-haired person, you know. But that was supposed to be the effort to be culturally relevant, right? It was like real keen, pointy features and, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, it, it was just really insulting. And so this is what they said to me. They said, well, we want, we want the black church to buy this curriculum. And then if we see the demand, we'll, we'll make the changes that need to be made. And I said, okay, women, I want to make sure I'm clear. So you want me to buy your junk, and then if I buy your junk, you're going to spend the money and make it right, so I'll buy more of your stuff. And I was like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like, if you don't want to put the money into it up front, then don't bother selling it. Take it off the shelves, because people are not going to buy it. We're not going to buy it. And so <clears throat> they made some changes, et cetera, et cetera. But the point I'm making is they were giving partial exchange. And then they were wondering why people weren't excited about it. Listen to me carefully. Hebrews 11:4. look at what it says. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed approval of his gifts. Can I ask you a question? What does your offering show evidence of? Like if God looked at your offering, if God looked at your giving and could assign who you are as a person based on what you give, what would God say about you? And I'll tell you what's awesome about Abel. The Bible says his faithfulness was so powerful that it was still testifying even from the grave. Our offering doesn't say anything good about us and we're still alive. God says your offering should be so powerful, so faith-filled that it testifies beyond the grave. Cain was seeking a different approach to God. He wanted God to approve his offering his way instead of doing it God's way. And that's what partial exchange is all about. I'm going to give a little bit, just enough to satisfy you. Now let me in with the rest. Here's the third thing. Number three, 
you must make sure you do not practice fair exchange with God. You must make sure you do not practice fair exchange with God. Now, let me define fair exchange before I give you the example. Fair exchange is the legal and business practice when people take in orders or money and they fill those orders as they were taken in. Most successful businesses and activities function on the condition of fair exchange. I make you this promise, you pay me this amount, and I give you what you promise. But somebody in here needs to know that fair exchange is really, at best, criminal exchange when it comes to God. Listen, you can go in some businesses and they give you what you asked for, but you don't leave excited. You don't leave like, ooh, I got to go back there. Because they just gave you what you paid for. They didn't give you an experience beyond. Right? Supermarkets, for example, they start giving samples, right? And if you go on the right day, you can leave field while you're shopping. <laughs> and they want you to try this and taste this and whatnot. Why? Because they want to give you an experience beyond, right? I told you when you go to gallery furniture, man, listen, buying furniture almost becomes secondary in there. I mean, because you can have an experience in there. That is like second to none that you have never experienced in a furniture store. Watch what happens. The Bible tells the story of the master and the talents. Uh, he gives one servant five bags of silver, one two bags of silver, and one one bag of silver. And the Bible says he gave them according to their ability to handle. There wasn't a limitation on what they could make with it, but he perceived some limitations in their competency of how they could handle it. And the Bible says the master comes back and the one who he gave five to came back with ten. He doubled his money. The one he gave two to came back with four, doubled his money. The one he gave one to came back with one, because he didn't double his money, he buried his money. He says to the first two, well done, good and faithful servant. You have exchanged in abundance. I gave you five, you came back with five more. I gave you two, you came back with two more. And he looks at the one who gave one, he gave one talent to, who gave him back the same one. So it wasn't even fair exchange, right? It really was criminal because you just gave back what you got. And I want you to hear the excuse that the one who brought back the one for one said, you a hard man. I didn't want to get you mad, master. Because I've seen what happened when folk let you down. So basically what he said is, my laziness is your fault. Because I didn't do right, it's your fault. If you wasn't so hard, I could have done right. 
So I just brought you back what you gave me. And you can't blame me for giving back to you what you gave to me. And the Bible says the master condemned him. Killed him for his unfaithfulness. You know, it's amazing to me how many times people, when they think they're giving fair exchange, are really in criminal exchange. At best, partial exchange. Right? And they want to blame the boss. So one of the things that I've learned in leadership, and those of you who are in leadership, you, you, you have experienced this. It's amazing how many things that I've told people to do that I don't know anything about. Right? And people will come to staff members and say, oh, I talked to pastor and pastor said. Then I see something happen and I say, well, who authorized that? Well, you did. When? Well, Brother Jones said you said I said, Brother Jones said, I said, first of all, who is Brother Jones? I don't even know who you're talking about. You know Brother Jones, so-and-so. Okay, yeah, I do know him. Yeah, what about him? Well, he said that you said, I'm sorry, you have it in writing? Did I sign anything? You have an email, text, smoke signals, any indication that this is what I want it done? Okay, well, then the answer's no. Right? Because people are always trying to be slick. Even in Jesus' name. No, 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 even in Jesus' name. I find out something, I confront the person for not telling me. This is literally what somebody said to me. Well, Pastor, you, you, see, you're just hard to talk to. You can be so intimidating. And, and I just didn't feel comfortable in telling you what was going on. So you didn't want to tell me the truth? You wanted to lie by omission? No, no, I wasn't lying. I just didn't tell you because... You know, you, you know, nobody wants to get you upset. So you thought if I found out that you didn't tell me something later on that I wouldn't be upset. Okay, no. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Right? Listen, even when you think you're doing fair exchange, too many of us are impartial or criminal exchange. This, this man thought he was good. I'm giving back to you what you gave to me. And God says, wait a minute, but you did nothing with it. You can't be in fair exchange with God and not do anything with what God has blessed you with. There are many of you in here right now, and those of you who are watching streaming, who are not doing what God has equipped you to do, you are not using the gifts that God has given you, and yet you think you and God are all right because you came to church today. Or because you got up and streaming in your pajamas. So you think because you took the time to stream in your pajamas with your coffee, you have given God some time, me and the Lord all right. Look at 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if, if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? Let me go to the fourth and final thing. I'm going to take a little extra time today. Number four, you must make sure you practice exchange and abundance with God. You must make sure you practice exchange in abundance with God. Now, when I use the phrase exchange in abundance... 
This is not a common mindset, but it's arguably the most powerful level of exchange. This is not giving free service, but it's giving a service or a product that exceeds what is expected, what is required, or what has been asked. It's a service that's given promptly and with courtesy. It's a business that produces in abundance, and it's a business that gives better than expected quality and service. And let me say this to you. In a business, when you make a commitment to give and exchange in abundance, you will never want for clients because those you have served will become a living and walking billboard for you because you give in abundance. Now, I'm going to give you an example. And I'm not saying this because he's a member of our church. I'm saying this because... It's true. One of the people who embodies this exchange in abundance is Ron Ward and Marie Ward and Heavenly Mass Travel. This is not a commercial for them. I'm just telling you the truth. Right? I, I have been on trips all of my life. You don't go on a trip with Ron Ward and ever feel like you didn't get your money's worth. Matter of fact, matter of fact, you're going to need a vacation after the vacation. Right? He's going to weigh you out. You're going to be like, Ron, can we just take a break today, bro? I mean, come on now. You're going to be like, no, no, no. We got to climb the Eiffel Tower today. I already got the trip set up. And then we're going to go to Big Ben this afternoon. It's like, wait a minute. That's London. This is Paris. I know I got it all set up. Let's go. We, boom. He, he's going to exchange. In a, I have seen people sponsor the same trip. And their trip cost more and they gave less. And I'm sitting there going, I don't know how Ron does it, but he exchanges in abundance. I told him, man, he's got a spirit. He already a deacon. I mean, because he, listen, he takes stuff and put up with stuff with folk on them trips. And I'd be like, bro, you better than me. No, no. I ain't past the Cofield right now. No, sirree. Oh, no, I'm praying for you. Yeah, my man, that's my man. I'm he exchanges in abundance. So when you take a trip with, I don't care how much it costs, I promise you, you, if you take a trip with him and you come back and feel like you wasted your money, I'll pay for it. That's how sure I am. He exchanges in abundance. Right? You can't always go in the bit looking for what you're going to get, trying to nickel and dime every little nickel and dime you can get. Listen, how many times have you exchanged in abundance on your job? Do you know what happens when people exchange in abundance on their jobs? They get promoted. No, no, those are the people that you're like, oh, they just brown nosing. They just trying to kiss up. No, they're smart. Right? No, I want to talk about the boss and then see if I'm going to get a promotion. Doesn't work that way, right? Last job I got fired from, me and the boss went at it. I was right and unemployed. <laughs> I had my principles, <laughs> unemployed. 
I learned a valuable lesson, and I've tried to pass that on to my children. I said to them, I don't care what position you're in, nobody pays you to kick their butt. You know how you exchange in abundance? You exchange in abundance when the supervisor says, man, I need somebody to fill this shift. Got it. Done. Don't worry about it. Got it, boss. That's exchange in abundance. Hey, I know my boss needs something or I see something that needs to be done. Take care of it. So the boss says, man, who took care of so-and-so and so-and-so? I did. Isn't that the person you want to promote? Right? Isn't that the person? The person who works for you, who doesn't hide from work, but comes to you and says, hey, is there anything else that needs to be done? The person who comes early and leaves late, isn't that the person you want to promote? No, you want to promote the person that comes in right on time and leaves right on time. That's fair exchange, but that doesn't distinguish you. Okay? We've had people who work here at the church, and for some reason they think working at the church means you in heaven. They thought it was in heaven. So they walk around singing that song. I'm going to walk around heaven all day. Now, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. You got to do some work, partner. No, no, no. You sign in at 9 o'clock. So you click in, boom, 9 o'clock. You on time. But then you want to take a half hour to get your coffee and your breakfast and speak to everybody. Then after you eat your breakfast and you've spoken to everybody because you got to speak to everybody, right? Then you want to take an hour in devotional because you want to spend some time with God. <laughs> then you want to show me how spiritual you are. Pastor, I think we should have a staff's Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning. We ain't paying you to have no Bible study. <laughs> well, Pastor, I thought we were a Christian organization. We are! That's the only reason I'm not cussing you out. We are a Christian organization. But you got work to do. You got work to do. Don't come up in here with coffee and you speaking to everybody, fellowship, oh, let's pray. And you try to pray with everybody, want to have Bible study with the member. No, get in here and get your job done. That's what we pay you for. If you want to pray, come to prayer meeting. If you want to study, come to Bible study. That's not what you get paid for. So here's the problem. Even in his spirituality, he was in criminal exchange. Because you wanted us to pay you to do something that was not part of your job description. But wait a minute. What kind of exchange are you in with God? See, see David in, in Chronicles... First Chronicles 29, David was, was in exchange in abundance. The people were in exchange in abundance with God. Watch this. The Bible says that David would not be allowed to build the temple because his hands were covered in blood. God said to him, even though it was David's heart's desire, God said to him, I can't let you build the temple. You are a man of war. He says, but here's basically what I'll let you do, David. I'll let you lift the offering and let your son build the temple. 
And so Solomon is chosen to build the temple. And David goes before the people to talk about this great offering, and he prefaces his request of the offering by talking about all that God has done. He talks about how God is the true God of Israel. He talks about how the Lord possesses and controls everything. He talks about the kingdom of God being the most important goal for our life and living. He talks about the Lord being exalted above all. He talks about God being the source of all of our wealth and all of our honor and everything that we possess. He talks about God being the source of our strength and our life. And he talks about the praise that God deserves. And then he says to God, God, this offering that we're bringing to you, he says, I don't, I don't even know why you're letting us bring it. Because everything that we give to you comes from you. Of your own have we given to you. Thank you for the privilege of giving us the privilege to give back to you what you have given to us. And can, can you imagine? Think about your child for a minute. You give your child money, and you say to your child, I need you to give me, and they look at you and say, I ain't giving you nothing. You're like, wait, hold, 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 <laughs> hold on, right? I, I'm laughing thinking about it. Like, I give you $20, and I say, I need you to give me $5. Now, see, some of y'all are better than me, because y'all be like, can you loan me $5? No, 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 no. You ain't loaning me nothing. It, you, you live in the house, you eat. The house I pay for, the food I provide, the clothes I buy. No, give me $5. Wait a minute. And I'm the one that gave you the 20 in your pocket? Give me $5. Give me $5. Can you imagine your child come up? Give me your $5. I got bills to pay. I got things to do. I got penny candy to buy. You know what I mean? I got to give me extra milk. Why are you sweating me for $5? What? Get your own money. Wait, whoa, whoa, what? Wait a minute, I blessed you. I gave you. Right? Can you imagine how God must feel when you come up with your excuses to engage in criminal exchange with God? I ain't got it, God. God said, you're lying because I gave it to you. <laughs> God said, I ain't your spouse. I know what's in your account. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> God said, oh, no, I know all the accounts. I know all the accounts. Got all the numbers and the passcodes. I know everything. David said, we give back to you a portion of what you give to us. And, and, and I, want you to, I want you to understand this. Your exchange with God, listen carefully, your exchange with God does not make God love you less or more. 
your exchange with God shows whether you love him less or more. Look at Luke 24, beginning at verse 50. Let's read it together. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. So they worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem, filled with great joy. And they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You read the rest of the verse, verses on your own. Now to him, let's read it together. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Um, right above your questions, fill in this blank. You exchange in abundance with God when you give God your best and your all in response to all God has done for you. You give, you exchange in abundance with God when you give God your best and your all in response to all God has done for you. Here's the question. Now, I want to ask you, what will be your exchange with God? Now, I want you to understand this, because this is more than just giving. I want you to get this. When you exchange in abundance in any arena, you change the atmosphere of that arena because you change your attitude. When you exchange in abundance with your wife or with your husband, you change the rules that the game are being played by. When you exchange in abundance with your boss or with your company, you exchange in abundance. And, and you know what you do when you exchange in abund abundance? You are literally setting your own salary. You set your own bonus. Think about it. If you are a supervisor and you have three workers, one is exchanging in abundance and one is giving you fair exchange. Which one's going to get the bonus if you got to pick one? And if they all get a bonus, who's going to get a bigger bonus? And who's going to get the bigger favor? The person who exchanged in abundance. Right? That's the person, if there's one person that, and your supervisor says, hey, we got one slot in the training program for managers, who you think? Pick the person who exchanges in abundance. I don't, I don't want to pick the person who I got to look for to find out where they are doing work. And when I find them, they sleep. <laughs> or they busy praying. <laughs> right? I want to make sure I have a person who is what? Exchanging in abundance. God has been so good to us. The minimum, the least he deserves is exchange in abundance. We should give him our all. For those of you who practice exchange in abundance, thank you. There are those I can go around in this church and call your name. And can I tell you the only people who are mad right now, besides the devil, those of you who are in criminal exchange. <laughs> and if you say, this is the last time I ever had good hope, I ain't coming back in no more, I ain't going to miss you anyway because you're in criminal exchange. 
Let's pray. Y'all know I'm being serious, don't you? Yeah. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. And we pray now that you'll bless our time in your word. I pray now, God, that as we have heard from you, you would help us to make a commitment to recognize that when we live our lives and we exchange in abundance, that we give beyond and provide service beyond and a quality beyond, that we not only represent you, but we represent ourselves in the best possible way. We thank you and we pray now that we would respond in a way that's pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. No, go on and clap. You better clap. You better clap. Folk gonna think I'm talking about you. You better clap. <laughs> you don't want anybody looking at you talking about, ooh, he must have been talking about them. Look at them. They mad. Go on and smile. Smile. Even if he talking about you, I ain't going to let you know it. Yeah. Come on, everybody who can, stand on your feet, if you will. As Reverend Bell comes to extend the invitation for discipleship, don't tarry, don't wait. Hour is well spent. I want you to move by the power of the Holy Spirit right now. And if you're here today and you need Jesus Christ in your life, I want you to say yes today. If you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, I want you to say yes today. We went over a little bit today, but I believe the time is well spent. Because here's what I want you to know. You will never succeed. You will never reach the highest heights in any endeavor giving less than your best. But when you give your best, you position yourself to be blessed by God in ways beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine. The women who are up front, the other brothers who are standing all around, would love to show you privately how to ask the Lord into your life. If you're upstairs in the balcony, we'll wait for you to come down. If you're here downstairs, come on and come. If you're streaming today, we invite you to come as well. You can come virtually by going to our app or to the website and indicating that you want information on how to become a Christian or follow the steps of the three circles. And when you follow those steps, you accept Christ in your life, send us a note, let us know. We'll rejoice with you, pray for you, and do all that we can to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on and come if you're here right now. From the bottom of my heart, bless you. To the depth of my soul. Come on, somebody else. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Completely. Yes. Completely. Really do. I really do. My soul, my 
Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom, From the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Of my soul. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Completely. Completely. Stretch out your hand. Father, we thank you and bless you for our sisters today who have come. God, you know what they have come through. And more importantly than that, you know the plans you have for their life. We cover them now in believing prayer. And for this season of their journey here at the Good Hope Church, we pray that they would find all that they need to continue their journey to becoming all you desire them to be. Moved by your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for these two young ladies who have come today. You may be seated. You may be seated. Good hope. It's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. Master Control. Good Hope invites you to participate in our Try God and See Challenge. Try tithing exactly how God has commanded and see what happens. When it happens, we want to hear about it. Sign up to have your testimony recorded by going to the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website today. Try God, test God, trust God. We can't wait to hear what God is doing in your life. Amen. Um, so remember, we've been talking about being faithful in our giving and worshipful in our giving. And I want to encourage you to do that on today. Remember his table, your table. Remember your table. Amen. Right. And then his table. Amen. And you remember when you go to take stuff off of his table. Because you say you ain't got enough on your table. Right. Can, can I tell you something I learned? The Lord reminded me of this today. Um, the amount that you make has nothing to do with what you give. It really doesn't. It, it's a matter of your heart and it's a matter of your commitment. Here, here's why I know that. Some of y'all gave way more when you made a whole lot less. And some of y'all are still giving the same thing that you gave when you was making less and you made more. And you remember that prayer you prayed? Lord, if you just bless me, if I could just make $2 more an hour. Right? That's what you told your friend. Man, if I could just get a raise, man, about $2 more an hour, man, I'd be set. Mm. What happened? Right? Our commitment changed. And we were still committing to self and not committing to God. And so I want to encourage you to be prayerful about that. And I just want to talk about one of the ministries, uh, and I want us to celebrate this. Um, so our Upwards basketball ministry ended on yesterday, Upward Soccer is about to begin. And we have, as a goal, there's some pictures of the kids, um, 2,000 new people uh, becoming part of our church family, the place where they can believe, belong, and become all that God wants. We had 22 children give their life to the Lord on yesterday, this past week. 22 children give their life to the Lord. And what a, what a great joy it is to see um, so many wonderful things come out of this Upwards ministry, not just spiritually, but even in terms of families. You see 
fathers coaching their children and grandparents coming and supporting. And all of that is because of your giving, your generosity. Also want to announce uh, Pastor Sloan will be back next week. He has been accepted by World Venture and will become a full-time missionary with Sister Sloan in Uganda in Africa. Yeah. And so we are excited about them taking hope to the world and making that full-time switch to serving the Lord on the mission field in Uganda. So when you see them, let them know. Send them a text. Let them know you've been praying for them. They're in Colorado this morning and will be heading back, I believe, this evening. And so he should be back in the office this week as they prepare to raise their funds so that they can get on the mission field as soon as possible. So we certainly want to pray for them. They've got to go to language school and learn Swahili and, and uh, several other things as they raise their support and prepare to be used by God in such a powerful way. But again, all of that because of your giving. All right, let's worship the Lord in giving. Multiplicity of ways. We got to get the, uh, man, a cash app. Well, we got cash app now, y'all. Hey. Yeah. That's all right. Keep on playing with us. We're going to have Apple Pay next week. <laughs> We're going to have everything up in here, all right? You can text to give. You can give at the app. You can use Givelify. Any number of ways you want to give. Jim Sharp, where are you? Wait, Jim, what's going on, man? Working hard. It's good to see you. Uh, Jim Sharp has been a friend down through the years. Man, I appreciate his encouragement. He is running for justice, first court of appeals. And, uh, man, we certainly want to uh, remember him, pray for him. And if you feel so led, uh, make sure you vote for him. Jim Sharp, thank you, man. We appreciate you slipping in on us today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, we have any other um, officials here? I know we had one earlier. Amen. No, we're good. All right, don't forget, um, Tuesday ends early. I mean, early voting ended on Friday, Saturday. Um, well, it's over. <laughs> One of them days, Friday or Saturday, it's over. I know that. Uh, uh, but you vote on Tuesday. Uh, Texas is one of the Super Tuesday states. And so want to encourage you to exercise your right to vote. You know, what many of you may not know, your ability to vote in the Democratic primary specifically came about because of the work of Dr. A.A. A. Lucas, who was the um, fourth pastor in the history of this church and one of the trustees of this church, Mr. Lonnie Smith. Dr. Smith was a dentist and he sued uh, Commissioner Allwright, who was an election commissioner here in Harris County. Um, you remember back in the day, we had what was called Dixiecrats um, or Dixie Democrats, and they were in the South, uh, and um, that was Strom Thurmond, and all of them were part of that group, and the Democratic primary was treated as a personal, personal organization, and so blacks were not allowed to vote in the Democratic primary, 
and it was in 1944, the case was upheld throughout the Texas appeals courts, and then it was argued in front of the U.S. Supreme Court by Thurgood Marshall in 1944, and Pastor A.A. Lucas was part of that group that led that fight. Dennis, uh, Dr. Lonnie Smith was the one who was the plaintiff, and he was chosen because white people couldn't hurt his business because he saw 90% black people in his business. And because of that, that uh, election uh, rule was overturned, and that was used as a landmark case across this country to open up primary elections to all people, regardless of race, creed, or color. Part of the history of our church. Amen. 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 So those of you um, who are registered and those of you who are able, please vote in the primary election. Whatever party you are part of, make sure you get out and vote. All right? Amen. Reverend Bell. Preach, Pastor Cofield. That was a wonderful message. Let us now begin to observe our time at the table. I'm going to ask the deacons to come now as we take time to observe the Lord's table in communion. This time at the table ought to help you examine yourself and the exchange that you're making with God. It helps you to see the exchange he has made for us, giving up his only begotten son so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this time to come and remember what you've done for us through Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we ask blessings on this time, and we thank you for his redeeming blood, and we thank you for his redeeming love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
been served a desire to be served his redeeming blood on a hill called Calvary his redeeming love all for just you and I what that we were right but he did it to make us right all oh, his precious blood that was shed for us on the very night that Jesus was betrayed he took the bread and he blessed it and he said, this is my body given for you. Let us eat it together. Then he took the cup, and he raised it, and he blessed it, and said, this is my blood, his precious blood, that will be shed for the remission of our sins. Let us drink it together. God, we thank you for a chance to remember what you've done for us. Thank you that you sent Jesus just for us. Thank you, Lord, that he went to the cross just for us. We thank you that he hung, bled, and died just for us. We thank you, Lord, that he got up just for us with all power in his hands. So we bless you right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any kids in Children's Church, you can leave now to go get your kids. Any parents that need to go pick up your children, you can go now.
We've had a challenging word from our pastor. Amen. 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 That's one of those you're going to chew on all week. Or it's going to chew on you, one or the other, huh? Amen. All right. As parents are leaving, we do have a couple more things that we want to remind you of. We have a Bible study this week at noon and at 7 and at 7 o'clock. Uh, Dr. Green is doing a study on demons in the Bible, the origin of demons in the Bible. Amen. So you trying to figure out where them demons come from? Come on Wednesday night. He's going to let you know. Amen. So don't miss it. We had a good study this past Wednesday, and he's got some more lined up. So we want to see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All right? Don't forget our sick and shut-in members as well as all of our, all of our grieving families. Okay, I'm just waiting for the parents to, to leave and pick up their babies. All right, uh, we want to recognize our guests. So if you're visiting today and it's your first visit, would you please stand? Uh, we're not going to ask you to say anything. We do want to recognize you. If it's your first visit, please stand. Amen. All right. We're so glad that you came this way to fellowship with the Good Hope Church. Uh, we hope and pray that you have been blessed by the singing, by the word by the fellowship and because you're here we have a special reception for you i'm going to ask that you gather your things and follow these young ladies who are part of our guest relations ministry they're going to take you to the area for the reception we have a special gift for you and we're going to say a little bit more about the good hope church god bless you thank you for being here today you are welcome to come back all the time and anytime amen show some love church Maestro, but you show sure humming something over there, man. What's all that, man? Go on, on, hit that. Amen. All right, if everybody's good, let's stand and receive the benediction. All right. We can hold the doors, please. We can hold the doors. All right. God, we come now to thank you for our time worship today Lord thank you for reminding us and showing us how abundantly you've loved us how abundantly you've given unto us and all you ask is for us to give back just a little bit so thank you Lord for your word thank you for your gifts thank you for your love that you've shown unto us now Lord I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late Bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again in the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, hug somebody on your way out. <laughs>